Hi, and welcome to Nightlight. Nice to be back with you for another in our series of shows related to topics on the end time. Back with me on the program is eschatologist Joseph Kandel. On this show, Joe, I want to excite our listeners with how much there is to look forward to after the second coming of Jesus and the Battle of Armageddon. You know, we hear so much about the Great Reset and the New World Order. Well, the good news is that there is going to be a Great Reset and it's going to usher in a New World Order, a new age that's going to last 1,000 years. It's a period known as the Millennium. A lot of Christians, Joe, I think get mixed up between heaven and the Millennium. Briefly, what is the Millennium? What does it mean, the word Millennium? Well, the word millennium is referring to the thousand-year reign of Christ on this earth. Uh, a key verse for that is Revelations chapter 20, verse 6, and it says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Years. And those that are reigning with him, Joe, that's talking about God's saved children, Christians like you and me and millions of others who are alive in this world today. We will be a part of Jesus's millennial government. Isn't that right? So yes. this is something very important, I think, for Christians to prepare for. We should all be looking forward to this as something that is very imminent because this 1000 year period could start very soon. Uh, you're absolutely right. It start very soon. We know that uh, after the seven-year reign of the Antichrist, we know Jesus is going to come in the clouds of heaven. And Jesus and his saints uh, will come back at the Battle of Armageddon, and they will destroy the Antichrist, false prophet, and his armies. Right. Jesus will land on the Mount of Olives, according to Zechariah 14, and all the saints will come with them. And so, basically, Jesus and his saints will take over right. the world. After the Battle of Armageddon, there's going to be a change of leadership. The Antichrist, who's been ahead of the world government, the false prophet, and uh, those who have received the Mark of the Beast 666 chip implant, whatever technology that will be, that will be done away with, and Jesus will set up his 1,000-year reign on the earth. Wow. And a key verse for that, uh, Revelations 5.10, it says, And hast made us, in other words, the saints or Christians, unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And Daniel 7.18 says, But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and so, ever. So, Joe, according to the Bible, what's it going to be like on earth during the millennium? Well, let's start at the beginning of the millennium, right after Christ's return. There's going to be a fair bit of cleanup to do, isn't there? Uh, you're absolutely right. It'll take seven months to bury all the dead from this uh, battle, the Battle of Armageddon. It says in uh, Ezekiel 39, there will be continual employment to be able to, uh, you know, bury the bodies and, and clean things up. And uh, in Ezekiel 39, it also says that it will take seven years to burn the weapons wow. of warfare. Of course, we, as the rulers 
uh, with Jesus in the in the millennium, we're not going to be the ones personally burying the bodies. We're not going to be personally probably burning up the weapons. But the people who survived into the millennium, these people will be the ones who will be uh, overseen and they'll be the ones to actually bury the bodies or the bones and they'll Gosh. be the ones to take care of getting rid of the weapons of war. Right. Joe, let's just clarify this for our listeners because I know that this is something that a lot of people are not clear about. Now, at the Battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist and his Mark of the Beast followers are destroyed. They're taken out of the way. Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom on earth and we, his saved children, reign with him. But with the wicked taken out of the way, who are we ruling over? Who's left? Like you say, uh, there is going to be a, a group of people According to Daniel 12, 12, it says, Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred five and thirty days. Now, this is talking of those blessed people are that we see coming out of the wrath of God. They've also gone through the tribulation. They've gone through the battle of Armageddon. These people are what are referred to by Bible scholars as the spared or the anti-antichrist. Right. Now, these are people on the earth. They did not worship the Antichrist, they did not receive a 666 mark of the beast chip implant or tattoo, whatever that technology will be. But at the same time, they never received Jesus as their personal savior. Maybe they didn't hear the gospel, or maybe they didn't understand it, or maybe because they were so uh, engrossed in their own religions and cultures that they, you know, they didn't really have sufficient opportunity to receive Jesus. Right. So, Joe, these people could be sincere Muslims, for example. I mean, Muslims, of course, don't agree with any kind of idol worship. So I'd imagine that many, many Muslims would refuse to worship the Antichrist and the image of the beast, as well as sincere Hindus, Jews, Buddhists, or sincere people of any faith wouldn't be willing to renounce their faith and worship the Antichrist. So this would be like a third group, is it? Yes. Like you said, the anti Antichrist. These are people who, for whatever reason, refuse to bow down to the Antichrist, but at the same time, haven't received Jesus and are therefore not saved. Yes. And you know, when you read in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 11 in particular, you see that there are four wars that the Antichrist wages against people who are opposing his rule during the seven years of his reign. So would those be the Antichrist? Antichrist forces who then, after the Battle of Armageddon, live on into the millennium. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There are three groups of people uh, during this time to, until the millennium, and that you have the people who worship the Antichrist and receive the 6-6 uh, mark of the beast, worship the image. Now, all these people on the earth who worship the Antichrist, took the mark of the beast, uh, not any of them are going to be left. Like you say, the devil will be locked in the bottomless pit for a thousand years and the antichrist and false prophet will be tossed in the lake of fire and the remnant of those who worship the antichrist will be slain so the bible makes it pretty clear in daniel 12 12 and as you say uh, the wars that are fought against the antichrist that is brought out in daniel chapter 11 which is about five or six total wars that he fights during his own reign of course that's a whole different topic so yes, whole nations are, especially when he breaks the covenant, whole nations are going to go against him. Even in Revelation 16, it talks about the kings of the east 
coming to fight the Antichrist. So, so he does get rebellion. So yes, yeah, so there's going to be uh, quite a number of people who will survive into the millennia period, and it'll be these people who we will rule over. In other words, mm -hmm. it's not just going to be Christians ruling over Christians, but there'll be many people from many different nations who will survive into the millennium, and we will rule over these people. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. And yes, you're listening to Nightlight, talking to Joseph Candell over Skype. And our topic today is very inspirational, giving us a lot to look forward to. We're talking about the millennium, the 1,000-year period spoken of in the Bible, where Jesus Christ is going to set up a government right here on earth with the help of his departed saints, the Christians of all ages. Well, Joe, we're going to be the government then, right? <laughs> we're going to be the uh, police or custom officers or whatever else. Isn't that right? One point on that is actually we're a bit more than police officers in this case. But you're right, we'll also be that too because we will have to keep the peace. Remember, these people are in their, you know, they're in their bodies like we have now. You know, they're flesh and blood bodies. They're, you know, they haven't gone through some sort of bodily transformation as we have. We get a, new, a brand new uh, eternal body when Jesus returns in the clouds of heaven. We're flesh and bone. We have we have powers just like Jesus has, although we don't know as much as he does. And we'll have to continue to learn, you know, in uh, the millennium. We're going to continue to learn more about the spiritual world. But remember what Jesus said. He said he'd made us unto our God kings right. and priests. Well, that means some of the Christians, some of the saints, uh, they're both the same thing. There's going to be kings. Wow. There's going to be priests. Now, a priest is a interpretation for a priest we always think of the catholic church but what a priest <laughs> means is that it's a it's a spiritual administrator so we'll be ministering spiritually to these people who were spared into the millennium some of us are going to be kings uh some of the girls will be queens there will be princesses and prince there'll be judges uh and like you say they're probably policemen because these people are going to, you know, we're going to have to watch over them. We're going to have to train them in the ways of the Lord. Uh, we're going to have to make sure that, you know, they're not up into some funny business fighting and, you know, and doing things that, you know, that was going on before the, the change in the government. Right. We're going to be of royalty. Jesus was referred to it so many times. He said, like in Luke 9, 2, he said, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So what are we preaching? The coming kingdom of God. It's a kingdom. So we're going to be the rulers. We're going to be the royalty. Wow. And you know, we're going to we're going to be the ones ruling and reigning in a kingdom. And that and Lord also said in Luke 12:32, "Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." Wow. It's going to be a kingdom. In Christ's kingdom there's going to be royalty. You know, we're going to rule in love. We're going to, you know, we're going to be applying God's rule of love, to love Jesus with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And this is going to be the model of Christ's kingdom, to love. And of course, the Lord also says that he should rule the nations with a rod of iron. So we also have to make sure that the God's guidelines or his laws are being adhered to by the people who survived into the millennium. Like a candle in the night, it's nightlight. 
Well, Joe, let's talk about the differences between this coming new age and the age in which we're now living. For one thing, we should make it clear that this is going to be the same earth with pretty much the same geography, right? This is not the new heaven and the new earth that is created at the end of the millennium, which you can read about in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. Now, according to the Bible, what other differences are there going to be between our world today and the new age that is soon to come? How about uh, climate, for instance? Okay, let's take a look at the climate, or let's let's take a look at the earth. And uh, again, as you said, when we go to into the millennium, it's still going to be the same earth. The new heaven and the new earth and the heavenly city, this, this will not come about until after the millennium, after the battle of Gog and Magog. So this won't happen to a thousand years later. But the earth itself, the earth that we are now living on, is going to go through a pretty big reformation, a big change. It'll probably go back to kind of a Garden of Eden-like peace, and harmony will be restored. Some say that the climate is going to be mild and we're not going to get the extremes of summers and the extremes of very cold winters. And so it'll be more of a a tropical type of earth. As we all know, before the flood, it never rained in those days. And the weather was totally different. And people lived hundreds of years. Methuselah was 969 years old when he died. I think Adam was somewhere around... 900 years right. before he died. So we're we're going to go back to more of a, a peaceful, more of a restored earth, sort of more of a tropical type of uh, paradise that the Lord had in the beginning. So the weather will be mild. There'll be plenty of fruits and uh, vegetables. But it also says one of the curses that will be taken away in Isaiah 11, 6 through 9, it says, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fat thing together and a little child shall lead them. So if you have a wolf or a lamb today in today's world, well, very quickly that lamb would be in the wolf's belly. (laughs) But in the millennium, this is going to be taken away. The animals are not going to be eating each other. We're sort of going to go back to a, a world where... People are, you know, won't be eating meat. It'll be more like vegetarian type, the way it was before the, the flood. And it says, And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Mm-hmm. The sucking child shall play on the hole of the ass, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. Wow. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There'll be a big transformation on the earth. It'll be more like a Garden of Eden type peace and harmony. Uh, the animals will not kill each other. They won't They won't eat people. In fact, you can have, uh, in the millennium, you can have lions as your pets if you want to. That's how friendly they're going to be. So that curse will be removed. Another big change, and one of the things we'll have to do is the restoration of this war-damaged world will begin, and all wars will cease. Uh, Isaiah 2.4 says, And Jesus shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks, and nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. 
Well, you're on Nightlight, and we're talking about the imminent advent of a new age called the millennium. And folks, what we're sharing with you is not just inspirational speculation, but a very real transition from the age in which we're now living to a new age of Christ's rule and reign on earth, prophesied in the Bible to last 1,000 years. And let me just remind our listeners that the Bible, among other things, is a book of prophecy. And biblical prophecy has, by later history, been proven to be 100% accurate. So we can be sure that the hundreds of prophecies concerning the end times and the millennial period will also happen exactly as described. Joe, where in the Bible can we read about the millennium? Which books in the Bible can we go to to read what the Bible says about this coming new age? Well, Revelations uh, 20 is a, a key chapter is that tells us that the, the millennium is a thousand years, and it says specifically that we will reign with Christ on the earth for a thousand years. Now, Isaiah has a lot of information on the millennium, like Isaiah 2.4, Isaiah 11.6-9, through 9, Isaiah 2.3, uh, Revelations 5.10, uh, Revelations 2.26, I think Isaiah has a lot to say in some of those chapters I just mentioned, and you can learn a lot about what the millennium will be like. And also the book of Psalms, right? There are a number of Psalms that talk about the millennium. I'm sorry, I don't have all the verses of Psalms because it's quite a, a, a big book, but yes, you're right. There are some in the Psalms. For for example, it says in Psalm 67, 4, it says, Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon the earth. Uh, Joe, so during the millennium, the world returns to conditions similar to those that existed in the Garden of Eden. We have animals and man living together peacefully. We have no more wild animals, no more animals eating each other or us eating animals. Peace and harmony in God's creation is restored. Jesus is ruling and reigning over the earth from Jerusalem, isn't it? Doesn't it talk in the Bible about his headquarters being in earthly Jerusalem? Yes. And those verses about the word of the Lord coming out of Zion, isn't that referring to this 1,000-year time period? Well, yes, it does. It does talk about his headquarters being there. In fact, uh, when there's the rebellion by the millennial rebels at the end of the millennium, actually, that's what they do. They encompass the camp of the saints of the Bout and the beloved city. So yes, they do. It seems that uh, Jerusalem is his capital during the millennial reign on earth. Although we do have access to the heavenly city, but this is uh, not on the earth at this point in time. But uh, yes, it just seems like Jerusalem will be made millennial headquarters. And of course, with the Lord ruling from Jerusalem, there'll be no having to believe in the Lord by faith then, because he'll be enthroned as the visible king of the earth. So, of course, no one will doubt his existence or our existence as his governing officers. Joe, let's just clarify now about the earthly population during the millennium. These presumably could be people who are alive today. Yes. I mean, little do they know it, but many people in the world who are not going to follow the AC, the Antichrist, but also who do not receive Jesus and are therefore not raptured when he returns, they're going to live hundreds and hundreds of years as they live on into this new age. And mankind has his former longevity restored. I mean, people living on the earth today 
Little do they know it, but they're going to live for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yes, there's a verse in Isaiah 2, 3, and, and I think what this scripture confirms is that the millennium is going to be a period of learning for these spared people, or the what we call the anti-antichrist. Remember, these people are going to end up, you know, surviving through the tribulation, wrath of God, and battle of Armageddon, so they're going to need to learn about Jesus. They're going to need to learn about the Lord's ways and how he likes things done and the way we should be living and how we should be loving one another and sharing with one another and not killing each other and stealing from each other. But here's a verse that seems to confirm this. It's Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3. It says, Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths, for out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Beautiful. Hey, Joe, where in the Bible actually does it say that man is going to live once again for hundreds of years? Well, I'm sorry, I don't have the reference right offhand, but there's a verse that says that during the millennium, if a person dies at a hundred years old, it will be as if the person was a child. So that's clearly mentioned, and we know because of the changes that are going to take place, the diet will change, so people will be eating healthy. There won't be no processed foods from McDonald's or Burger King's or Montesanto crops. So we will eat very healthy. And also, what is one of the things that people say today? Oh, he worried himself to death. You know, well, there's not going to be the worries that that we had in this present world, the way we live now. It's going to be peace and everything's going to move slowly. You know, there's going to be love, peace and joy because without the curse, and the Lord's going to change it too, he'll allow mankind to once again live to be much, much older. You know, man, like I said, before the flood, they were living eight, nine hundred years old. After the flood, it started decreasing. You know, I think Noah lived, he just lived over a bit over 600 years old. But finally, when we got down to David, the lifespan for King David was 70 years. I think uh, Abraham died when he was like a 129 years old. So you see how man, over time, his lifespan continually decreased. Till now, it's like, I think the average lifespan around the world now is around 70. Uh, in the West, it's 74. Uh, so it has decreased. Also remember, when the flood came, it also let in harmful rays from the sun. So it seems that the Lord is going to fix that. We probably will not get these harmful rays from the sun. So it will we'll sort of go back before the days of Noah's flood. So we'll probably have that protection that we don't have now. So people will live a lot longer because of the the change in conditions of lifestyle, the physical changes that the Lord makes, and also, of course, many people will find peace and love, and, and they won't have the stress they're under today. It's nightlight. What a delight. You know, it says, Joe, that nothing will hurt nor destroy in the new age of the millennium. Could this mean that there'll be no more big industry that pollutes the atmosphere? Could it also mean that there'll be no more rapid transportation, for instance, cars and planes and everything else that causes so much pollution and speed and death? Uh, You're absolutely right. The earth, again, is going to go back to like the Garden of Eden and the days before the flood. There's going to be no more cars, which pollutes the air that we breathe. There's going to be no more of these uh, belching factories that are polluting the rivers and the ocean. All these things that destroy, that destroy the earth, 
that pollute the earth, which is also killing a lot of mankind through diseases and lung cancer. All these things will not be allowed. So man's mode of transportation will be walking, riding a horse, or having a, a wagon. I mean, that's how it was, Joe, for thousands and thousands of years. And I don't think our young people or many people who are alive today really realize what a bizarre and unique generation we live in compared with the whole span of history where the fastest way a man could travel was by horse. Exactly. So, Joe, you're saying that most likely the populations of the earth will go back to a simple rural existence as God ordained man to live with natural forms of transportation, the horse or the camel, which God created for man to ride. Exactly. And also, you know, people will still have children during the millennium. You know, if you had a child before the fall, there was no there was no labor pain. It wasn't until after they fell by eating the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil that the Lord told Eve that he would multiply her pain and childbearing. So the pro- there's going to be children also born uh, during the millennium. A person asked me recently, says, uh, well, in the millennium, will there be different languages. Will everybody still speak different languages? Or since it's the kingdom of God, will we all speak one language? <laughs> Good question. And uh, so I gave him the verse, which answers this question is Daniel seven fourteen, And it says, and it was given him, Jesus, dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations and languages should serve him. So that shows you that in the millennium, there's still going to be people speaking different languages. So there'll still be different languages in the millennium for those people who were spared to allowed to go on into the millennium. Well, that's very interesting. And of course, uh, it will certainly continue to make the world more colorful and interesting and cultural. It wouldn't be so nice if everything was one size fits all for everybody as far as language or culture is concerned. (laughs) Joe, let me ask you another question. Will people need to receive Jesus and get saved during the millennium, or are they saved just by being a part of this heaven on earth? In in Isaiah 11, 9, it does say, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Those in the millennium, the people in the millennium that, that survived in their natural bodies like we have today, they will see Jesus and his saints ruling the world. They don't have to have faith in Jesus in the sense that he exists because they will see him. You know, people today, they they don't see, but they believe by faith. Well, in those days, it's going to be easier because they don't have to believe by faith. They just, they're going to see it. Plus, they don't have the devil hassling them. They don't have the demons hassling them. They don't have the fallen angels hassling them. So, you know, they'll be able to see it. But sad to say, many of the people in the millennium Although they'll see Jesus and they'll see his loving kingdom, they will not receive him as their savior. As well as there are a lot of millennial people who will not only see Jesus, but they'll receive Jesus into their heart and they will be converted. They will be saved. And we call these people the millennial saints and the people in the millennium that don't receive Jesus, we refer to these as the millennial rebels. Gosh, you wonder why they wouldn't want to receive Jesus. I mean, I think it shows you how, even with the devil and his demons and all of their demonic influence out of the way, mankind is still sinful and evil in his own right. He's rebellious in his own right, never mind the devil being around to amplify it. Yes. But it appears that some people during the millennium 
when given a chance of receiving heaven on earth and receiving the author and creator of that heaven on earth, still want to hang on to their independence or their own so-called free thought or whatever it is, whatever rationale they use to resent the godly government that they're being subjected to. Yeah, well, a key, a key verse for that is in Isaiah 26.10, which is like referring to the, the millennial rebels. It says, let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. So that says it all there. And, and that's another purpose of the millennium is, to, is a sifting to sift the good from the bad. Right. And that's what is happening. So mankind is given an, a choice out of the Lord's love and mercy to either receive Jesus as their Savior or to reject it. And sad to say, many will reject Jesus during the millennium. Shining Love's Light. You're listening to Nightlight. You know, Joe, I was thinking recently about how long a time a thousand years is. I mean, if you go back a thousand years from our present time, you're back in the days of the Vikings and almost 500 years before Columbus discovered America. So this new age is going to last a long, long time. And therefore, it's important, I think, that we study and know something about it because the beginning of this new age is imminent. And when it starts, it's going to last for a long, long time, for a thousand years. Yes. And we're all going to have a part in that millennial kingdom, either as being rulers or being ruled over, unless, of course, you take the mark of the beast and you follow and worship the devil in the form of the Antichrist, in which case you're not going to be around during those 1,000 years. Yes. Joe, let's now briefly go to the end of the millennium and tell us what happens according to the Bible. I mean, it's a sad ending to the millennium in some ways, but just briefly bridge us from the end of the millennium up until the next age after that, the new heaven and the new earth. Okay, Revelations uh, chapter 20, verse 7, 8, it just says, when the uh, thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Verse 8 and 10, he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. That is quite a large number. Think of it. The number as the sand of the sea who are going to join the devil's coup d'etat, his attempted coup d'etat against the kingdom of Christ and his saints on the earth. And it says, and they went up, on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Wow. So compared to the Battle of Armageddon, it's not really much of a battle at all, the Battle of Gog and Magog. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, they, they, What they do, the millennial saints and the devil, they surround the millennial saints. They don't surround us because, as you already know, we have our eternal bodies. We can appear, disappear. You know, they can't surround us because we are we have the power of the Lord. We have our new supernatural bodies. We can fly away. Well, we could zap them and you know kill them if we had to. So what they're compassing, they're compassing and trying to destroy the people who were saved in the millennium, who received Jesus as their Savior, and this is who they're trying to destroy. And of course, so God just sends fire down from heaven and burns the up the millennial rebels 
And at this point, Satan is thrown into the lake of fire where the Antichrist and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And that's when the devil makes his final exit. And for us, that's the happy ending or the beginning because then we come to the advent of the new age that follows the millennium, which is the new heaven and then the new earth. Let's save that, Joe, for another program to learn more about the new heaven and the new earth and the heavenly city, New Jerusalem, as described in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, the eternal heavenly home for the bride of Christ, the saved children of God of all ages. And you folks listening, you don't have to be an earthly citizen during the millennium. You don't have to try to survive during the terrible days of chaos and tribulation that lie ahead and make it through to that new age. You can skip all of that just by receiving Jesus into your hearts so that when you die, you'll go directly to heaven and the heavenly city and you'll be one who will come back with Jesus to rule and reign and be part of his government during this golden new age of the millennium that is soon to come. Shining bright through the dark night. You're listening to Nightlight. Joe, thanks so much for being with us. Any last words from you on this topic or anything else you'd like to say? I think you you said it all in your closing. Receive Jesus now and you can help us to rule and reign with him during the millennium. Amen. And let's learn to be faithful and obedient servants of the Lord now so that he can trust and bless us with a place of blessing and usefulness to him and others in the beautiful kingdom of God on earth during the millennium, when you and I will rule and reign with our King of Kings, Jesus, forever. Well, that's it for now. If you have any comments or questions, you're welcome to put them in the comments section below. This is Chris Glynn saying God bless. Bye for now. And I'll be back very soon with another international edition of Nightlight. Bye-bye.